or just uh, yeah video. hey everyone this is chris and sandy ben with the chris and sandy show we get up close and personal some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry and today like i say on every episode we've got a great show um for you coming we got mark mckinnon coming on he's a bet star he's done some great things we're going to talk a little bit about everything that he's done a little bit about his story and maybe some future things that, he, that he's doing too we're excited to have him on so mark welcome to the show Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm honored to be here. Honored to meet you, Chris and Sandy. This is awesome. <laughs> and you'll meet her soon. Like I said before we started, you know, she's on in the other bedroom feeding a <laughs> baby and getting her down, and then she'll be in here. <laughs> hey, we gotta live our life. I get it. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's one of them crazy things, you know, when you work from home, you know. It can sometimes it sounds fun, and we've always mm -hmm. worked from home. I mean, we've been married eighteen years. We've always worked from wow. home, but sometimes you know it's like trying to balance everything is like rough. <laughs> I can imagine, but congrats on eighteen years of marriage. I'm only three years in. You know, so much I'm learning, but eighteen years, especially nowadays, is a blessing to see. You know, because we <laughs> we see turnovers really fast. You know, so yeah. congrats this, on that. And last year tested, I think, every marriage. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And speaking of last year, I always like to start out the show on um, how has COVID affected you and what have you done to kind of maneuver through that? Wow. Uh, me personally, COVID in a good way shut me down as wow. far as it gave me time because I, I, I tend to be very, very busy. I'm going from one <laughs> thing to the next. And COVID forced me to stay in and figure out a lot of areas of my life, whether it was strong areas, weak areas. Um, it also forced me and my wife to get even closer than we ever thought. We both were very, very busy. You know, a lot of times we might see each other one or two days out the week where we might be able to have dinner, maybe catch a movie. Um, but other than that, it's go, go, go for the rest of the day, you know, throughout the week. Um, but we spent a whole lot more time together and it didn't tear us apart. It brought us closer, you know, because sometimes you run somebody so much after a while, you're like, all right, I'm tired of you. But it wasn't that at all. Um, Business-wise, it was ooh, it was it was a painful one for my acting studio. You know, I'm, I run an acting studio, and it took a big financial hit, of course, uh, because we didn't have in-person clients able to come in, and a lot of our clients at first didn't really understand that. Okay, this yeah. is the new way of things is learning online. You know, uh, but after a while, I did pick back up. But yeah, 2020 was interesting starting out, uh, but then once I understood the pacing, I saw how the industry was moving. Um, I was blessed to be able to cast two movies uh, for BET. Wow. It was able to be a lead in another movie for BET. Oh, cool. uh, was in the ABC showcase, which was a big deal. So 2020 ended all like honestly one of the best years of my career. And we know exactly what you're saying on that because um, and before I talk about this part of it, you're talking about the the being together all the time. Sandy and I have been a 24/7 couple since we married. Wow. So, wow. So we're the other extreme, you know, <laughs> you know and, and, and this last year sped us up, to be honest with you. Um, we started this show January 3rd of last okay. year, nice. just crossed the one year anniversary. And we thought, you know, if we could do a, it started out as a, just a music interview show. Mm -hmm. And we thought if we could do a hundred interviews first year, we would, we would be really strong as hosts and we'd learn a lot and that would build mm -hmm. a great foundation for the future. Right. And then COVID happens. And I told Sandy, um, this may be our year to shine. Wow. Because everybody in the music industry and in the entertainment industry are going to need a place to talk because mm. so much has happened. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we're going to give them that. And because of that, last year we did 306 interviews. 
Wow, 300, so you tripled your goal. Yeah, and wow. you're, you're our third interview of the year already. Hey, wow, so y'all off and running, man, I love it. Congratulations <laughs> on that, that's amazing. You know, sometimes you almost feel guilty because having such a great year last year, so many people didn't, you know, but again, you have, you know, when when things happen, that's not so great. You have to find that silver lining. Yes, I agree. I I agree, man. It's just a blessing to hear because like you said, uh, you guys took something that was supposed to be a disaster and you turned it into something that was positive, you know, so that's truly a blessing. And now look, we got you on. Hey, I'm here. I am here. (laughs) So when you look back, you know, a lot of people, they like to ask, you know, when did you know you wanted to act? But I like to go deeper than that. When did it click that it could be a career? Mm, For me, that would have to be um, in high school. Uh, So I guess you can consider me a late bloomer. You know, a lot of my friends and colleagues, they started when they was like five years old and things like that. That wasn't the case for me. Mine started accidentally my junior year of high school. Uh, I was supporting a friend and went to the audition just to support. And, you know, in high school, you're able to sit in on on the auditions. Like that would never happen today, right? Uh, But yeah, I was in there and then the drama teacher came out because I did take one class with the drama teacher and she was like, Mark, you should audition for our play. And I said, "Um, well, you know, I'm an athlete. I don't really do that. You know, I might not have the time. She was like, no, you should do it. We need you. And at that time, my school was, wasn't, uh, I didn't have too many blacks in their plays in their musical theater program or the theater shows. So I said, you know what, let me go ahead and give it a shot. And audition, think I'm going to get something small. I ended up booking a lead role in this play. Wow. And what happened from there, a lot of my teammates from the basketball team, from the football team, they all came out. They were all laughing at me, you know, saying, look at this guy up there on the stage, dancing and singing. Uh, but then that following year, and this is when it clicked for me to answer your question, was so many blacks came out and auditioned that following year. Oh wow! And when I saw that social change, that's when I realized I was like, wow! Like me doing this acting, like look at the impact that I had on a community, on people's lives, on people wanting to try something different out of the norm. So I got laughed at at first, but then fast forward, some of those people that was laughing at me to this day are in my inbox now. Hey, I want to be an actor now. Please help me get started. You know, but that's when it clicked for me. I said, you know what? I really want to wow. take this as a career. And right after that is when I said, I now know what I wanted to major in in college when I started, you know, when I was looking for colleges. I love that story. And before we get into the highlights of your acting career, let's, t- let's go the other way. I always like to talk about <clears throat> the struggle side. You know, a lot of people, they see the glory of a Brad, Brad Pitt, the glory of a mm-hmm. Chris Rock, the glory mm-hmm. of an Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes to get not just at their level, but even a mm-hmm. career level as an actor. Yeah. And I always want to talk about that side of it. I'm going to tell a quick story. Now, this story has to do with a musician. But okay. I think musicians and actors kind of go hand in hand because they're Absolutely. chasing the same dream. <laughs> but we interviewed a girl named Allison Steele from Two Still Girls back in um, 2004. And I remember asking Allison what advice she would give an up and coming artist. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time. But if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep this as a hobby. She goes, mm-hmm. the moment you want it to be a career, everything changes. Everybody kind of mm-hmm. owns a piece of your life. You no longer own mm-hmm. your own life. She mm-hmm. goes, friends and relatives never understand because they, they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to, to um, getaways, to holidays. 
but you have to say no because you're gigging and all that and you're grinding it out. And especially at the beginning of your career and they don't understand because they got this nine to five. They get off on weekends. They get off on evenings. You, you're 24 seven. If, if you're somewhere and they give you a call, you better go or you, Absolutely. you lose out and you don't want to be the type of person that cancels once you've got one. So they don't get that. Then on top of that, your family has a sacrifice because they got to kick, kind of kick you out the door and let you go and be, be yep. who God called you to be, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So then, but then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And I think it ties into being an actor, too. What do you think of what she says? And let's talk about that side of it, the sacrifice side. What she said goes hand in hand with what I, I try to advise a lot of my friends all the time or even some of my clients, even what I got to remind myself. It's all about having a balanced life because <laughs> I, I, I did that season of my career where it was all in on acting. And when you do go all in on acting, that means you go along with the highs and the lows of it. So when acting was doing really good, I was the happiest man in the world. But when it wasn't going good, when it was that drought, I was depressed, I was a starving artist, I was dead broke, you know, but the moment is like 2014. 2014 was that year when I finally decided that I need to focus on having a balanced life. Because before mm -hmm. then I was going into auditions, now it wasn't about the art no more. Now it's like, how much money am I making from this job? Oh, wow. Okay, what, 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 what is this gonna pay? Is this gonna be enough to help me survive over the next month or two? Is this gonna help me be able to do what I need to Sorry. do? Sorry, Google, <laughs> but but, uh, but um, it, it really made me realize if I focus on having a balanced life where I am spending more time with family, I am going to focus on the financial things in my life to get myself together. Once I did that, that's when my acting career actually grew. My career grew because wow. just like she said, you know, it was just a puzzle piece of my life. It wasn't everything, you know, so I went from being desperate going into auditions to going into audition with a balanced life. So now it wasn't that much pressure of, you know, trying to fulfill that dream rather than, you know, whatever God has for me. If this is for me, it's for me. If not, then, you know, he's protecting me from something or he doesn't think I'm ready for it. You know, yeah. so that's how I look at it as I move forward. Oh, uh, I love that. Now that we talked about a little bit of sacrifice, because even whether you're trying to be balanced, there's still sacrifice there, yeah. um, no matter what. Let's talk about the glory side. Um, let's okay. talk about a few moments where you can look back and you're like, wow, I got to do that. Or, wow, I'm getting to do that. And, you know, how, how did all the BET stuff come? Let's start there with BET. Okay, yeah, so BET, for, so it first, first started out where I was hired by BET to cast two films. Um, they were doing four films all together on health, on mental health and on cancer, breast cancer awareness. So I was hired to cast for the mental health films. Um, so when they started to cast for the, uh, the, the waiting room, which I was in, they were looking for actors that was, in, of course, in L.A. and other places. But because of COVID, they had to start looking for people who was on the East Coast. And oh, so wow. when they was in a production meeting one time where everybody was on, you know, they started throwing names out there. And then one of the producers was like, well, Mark went here. He's. He's an actor. We should have him audition and we should have him proud for the role of Derek Dubois. And I'm sitting there like, I didn't want to say that, but I'm glad you did. You know, and so I, but I ended up auditioning. So I went through two auditions for that role. Um, and literally maybe two weeks after that audition, when I found out I booked the role. Um, so that's how it came about. It's all about being right time, right place and that type of vibe. Um, but I felt like, you know, that role was meant for me to have, you know, because mm -hmm. it was parallel with the story that me and my wife have had, 
Um, even the character of Derek, you know, the, the type of person he is, the way he loved, you know, that was exactly like me. Wow. So I didn't have to act much. I was able to fully you were just be myself. yourself. Yeah, I was able to be myself, you know. So even when I look back at the movie, I was like, yeah, I don't see me performing. I just saw me being, you know, and that was a blessing to see as well. And those are the best kind of roles, I would imagine. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and then it was a, a real high to be able to work with Shirley Ralph. You know, Shirley Ralph was somebody who I saw on TV every day growing up. You know, she was phenomenal on Broadway, you know, but to be able to be directed by her and to learn from her and be encouraged by her was an amazing moment. But that role that really got me like pumped up, as you asked in the beginning, was when I did Gotham. You know, I was a huge oh, wow. Batman fan, you know, growing up. So to be on the TV show version of Batman was just absolutely phenomenal you know um it was an overnight shoot being on that set you know you see the, the the fog you see the darkness you see the characters you know and it's just like wow like i'm not watching this i'm in it like i'm, I'm in <laughs> this world right that now you know yeah so that's when it really hit me like man i'm i'm really doing this you know it wasn't an independent project this is national tv this was a network tv show that I earned the role, you know? And I was like, wow, that's why I was very, very grateful. And from there, my confidence just shot out the window. Wow, I love that. You know, that's like with this show here, you know, I, rem I remember when we first launched the Chris and Sandy show, I'll never forget, I asked one of my Nashville friends what advice he would give us for doing mm. the show. And I'll never forget what he said. He says, whatever you do, just be and stay authentic. He says, you can mm. tell every Bobby Bones joke, every Ty Bentley joke, because, you know, we looked up at those two. And he says, right. and you might even be good at it. And you might be good enough to act it out, so to speak. Right. And, and you might create a little bit of a audience. He said, but the day will come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. So if mm. you just start out being authentic, your show might grow slower, but you'll grow with the right people. Exactly. I love that. And, 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 and that's what it's all about. It's about that authenticity and transparency. You know, that's something else I learned as well along the way mm -hmm. is that when you're transparent, you say true to who you are, no matter what the industry is doing, no matter what your field is doing. It's like people know they can trust who you are, and what you're going to bring every single day. Yeah, because, you know, like I tell people, it is what you get. You know, what you see is what you get. You know, <laughs> you know, some people don't like I mean. Like with our marriage, you know, through the 18 years of our marriage, you wouldn't have so many people have said, oh, you're so unhealthy. You're wow. you need to be independent. You need to be this. You need to be that. You need to be air. And, and it's it's been crazy because it's like, OK, everybody that tells us we're unhealthy ends up divorced and right. we're still here. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like I'm not I don't tell people they should live a 24 seven marriage. Right, but, right, right. But it's working for us. It's worked for 18 years. Don't tell, you know, again, I, I can give marriage advice, right. but I would never give the advice for a couple to be a 24-7 couple. That would not be, because because again, it takes a special connection to have that. Yeah, it's not for it, everybody. It also takes having the right careers to have that. So again, there's so much to, that you have to do to have a 24-7 marriage. So I would never, ever tell people they should do that. Uh, I, I understand. I have a mentor who they're like that. They work in the same office building. So they ride to work together, go <laughs> home together, go to church oh, together. Wow. Right. I mean, literally, and they don't seem like they're ever frustrated with each other. They seem like, like you said, it's a very unique, special relationship. 
uh, that's not meant for everybody, but they were meant for each other for sure. Absolutely. So Antonio just asked, um, do you still play any sports? And if so, which ones? Oh man, uh, thank you, Antoine. Um, for that Antoine, one, I was I still play um, basketball. Uh, basketball is something I still play. I started off with just trying to do workouts again, but now you know a lot of the guys come to the court, so we still play our five on fives. And it just it's 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 that one time that I get to not be everything else that I am. All titles are gone, and the the grown adult is gone. I'm able to just be on that court and just play, and it's a great a great workout, you know, because I wear my Apple Watch while I'm playing. I know I shouldn't because I might break it, but I mean, I'd be burning almost like 1500 calories just playing an hour, hour and a half of basketball, you know? So yeah, I, I definitely still play that. I wish I could do football some more, but you know, I got to be careful with the injuries, you know? <laughs> I definitely understand that. Um, so since being an actor, and I, I know you had this dream to be an actor since high school. What's surprised you the most about the acting industry as a whole? And what surprised you the most on the kind of roles you like? Uh, what surprised me the most is how much you actually have to be yourself. You know, a lot of times when you grow up in the third world and you grow up in the acting classes, it's all about transforming and all about becoming the character and all about, you know, really being something that you're actually not. You know, but the more I got into film and TV, the more I started wow. taking on-camera classes, the more I started working with my coach, the more I really started learning that, no, you have to be yourself. When you see a character, let's say like I get a role for a doctor, right? Uh back in the day i might say okay a doctor walks like this he talks like this he's going to do it this way but as i matured i realized no how would mark mckinnon be with a white coat on you know how would i be if i was that doctor you know so once i started doing that the work became more uh i won't say easier but i was able to get closer to what i was trying to achieve in the scene faster because i was able to be myself in the situation rather than transform that actually makes a lot of sense because when you when you watch other interviews, you actually hear the opposite that they like playing mm -hmm. these roles because they could be someone else. But right. I like your way here better. Um, have you? Has there been any roles where you knew it was you, but you mm -hmm. still struggled? Hmm. Um, I would have to say it was a military role I played one time. Um, and the reason why it was a struggle was because it was about sexual harassment. You know, they dealt with the topic of sexual harassment, you know, and that's something that's like hard to deal with when you have family members who've been through that, you know, when you deal with them. So it was very hard to tap into it because I couldn't get emotionally charged up like I wanted to or if I needed to because I, the character didn't go that way. You know, he was more of the hero of the movie that, you know, was on the other side. So it was like, you know, I had to really find that balance between, all right, when I'm off camera, I can feel those emotions, I can take it there. But once that camera turns on, I have to compress and I got to hold it in and stay true to what the character is doing. I love that. Now, you know, as you said, you try to take on roles where you can be your authentic self. Mm. Has the directors and all that noticed that? And have they respected that, that, you know what, you can be you and still make that character work? Yeah, I've noticed whenever a director, like when I early in my career, when I used to get to know uh, Mark too much, too big, Mark too much, too big, that was probably because I wasn't comfortable in being myself. <laughs> that's actually why I got into acting at first, because, you know, coming into when I was in high school, definitely in college, I wasn't confident in who I was. So yeah. I was excited to be somebody else outside of my own problems and everything, you know, but as I started to really grow in my career, I did get more comfortable in like, you know what, be myself, just like you said before take the, you won't get what you get whether you like it or not this is me and, and you know um back when i was in high school 
people will be surprised to know this, but I took an F if I had to give an book, oral book report. You was not wow. getting me up in front of people. It, it was mm-hmm. not happening. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you're like, hey, you know you. You was comfortable in that, you know. But yeah, I get it, you know. And there's so many things that you learn as because the industry is always changing. So so many things you have to learn and adjust to. Like even today, like the industry is no more in-person auditions. Really, everything is on camera, so tape, Zoom. I just had a Zoom audition last month, you know, with the producer. So it's just like you know, everything is different, you know, so you just forever changing, which means if you stay true to yourself, no matter how the industry goes, you're always going to, people know what they're going to get from you. So in a way, COVID has actually enhanced the industry because now um, LA companies, like you said, are, are doing Zoom stuff. So you don't have to live there to actually audition. Not at all. You know, the industry started actually like a couple of years ago, started being more open to people who didn't actually live in the market. You could just say you're based there. You know, a lot of times they know you'll take care of your own travel, depending on the, the project. Some, some projects, they take care of it. Some of them, they're like, no, if you ain't here, you're responsible on your own on getting here. Uh, it, it started to happen. But now, like, especially with COVID, it's like, you know, you have to be here because a lot of these projects, it's a one, two week turnaround. So, if you're not able to quarantine within 14 days in that particular area, like, you know, you're, you're out of luck for that role. That is really great. Um, now, as you know, a lot of people, they see you, the actor, but they don't see the teams behind you. And I don't think that the teams ever get enough love. And on our show, I always make sure that they get the love they I deserve. Love um, so if you want to take a couple minutes just to tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Oh, I love it. The first person I have to say would be my wife. You know, my wife, the one who's up one, two o'clock in the morning sometimes to read lines with one eye open. You know, she definitely is the person that always remind me of who I am. You know, even when I'm doing a character and she sees me kind of going away from myself, she'll always help me bring it back home. But definitely my wife, Brittany Carter McKinnon. Uh, Got to shout out my manager. My career didn't really, really kick off and start taking place on a bigger level until my manager, Christopher Severi of center stage management. When he took over my career, started managing my career, he was the one that got me in the right doors. I started making making sure I was getting in front of the right people. He also was the type of manager that told you what not to do. You know, sometimes like, no, I want to do it. Like, no, trust me, do not go that direction. So shout out to him. Wow. Uh, definitely shout out to the agents that I had over the year. You know, I had some agents in my life that really got me some good jobs as well. Uh, but definitely my spiritual mentors. Um, I had two spiritual mentors that throughout you know my life have always, always, always been there for me, prayed, prayed me through some stuff, you know, always made sure I stay grounded spiritually. Because uh, my father wasn't in my life, you know, so they stepped in as as that father figure role in my life. So I'm very grateful for them as well. So not having a father figure in your life, do you think that has helped a little bit on your acting career? You know, to bring those emotions into some roles. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because so many roles, unfortunately, you know, so many roles are dealing with the person who didn't have a father in the household. So I don't have to act like, oh, what was it like not to have a father? I'm able to like really pull from my own self. <laughs> you, know. you know, you know, but yeah, but it definitely has uh, made a big impact on it you know, tremendously. <clears throat> now, you talked about your wife all ago. Tell us a wife story where she did and she probably does something every day all the time. So I'm not talking about that. But okay. tell us a story where she went above and beyond for your career that you were like, wow, she gets it. This is my passion and purpose. Oh, wow. Um, I would have to say when I had to relocate, um, 
So back when I was living in Maryland, this was like two years ago, um, I had to relocate to New York. But at that time, you know, everything that we did was still in Maryland, you know. So I told her, I said, like, listen, like, I, I, I got to be in New York for this season. You know, I got I got to be up there. And I thought she was going to be like, no, 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 I don't care. But she was 100 percent supportive. Wow. And I was a little shocked. She's like, no, go ahead and go. No, go, please. And I said, like, you get too happy about this. But no, she she really, really had my back. You know, we, we talked to each other every single day. Um, she would come up to New York sometimes, hang with me. Like, those are the things that she did to really show me that, like, wow, yeah, she's supposed to be the one that's going to be here for me, you know. Or when I had my, my rough patches in my acting career where <laughs> I went through my mental little, you know, rough patch. You know, she was there to really speak life into me and not kick yeah. me down or anything like that. You know, that's so, so important when you have your woman, your lady who's able to, you know, literally speak words of affirmation to you. I love that. And, you know, we're a family sh show too. And, you know, of course she's not been able to be here right now. Hopefully she's listening because yeah. this is the part that I bring on our little eight-year-old to ask oh, one man. question to each guest. We, you know, okay. so hopefully she could get him to come in here. Um, okay. <laughs> That'd be um, awesome. Um, but um, yeah, we we you know when I first when we first started this show, I was like, you know what, we got to involve the family because so many careers they go out of their way and it's like almost they separate the families. Right. I'm like, you know what, we it's our show. We're going to involve the family. And our 22 month old little daughter, when she gets older, we'll be plugging her into the show too. So nice. Okay. Let me try to kind of glance this way real quick. Okay. Okay, here he comes. <laughs> yep, he's coming. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Hi, Mark. Hi, how you doing? Doing good. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Oh, could I give a food and a dessert? Because I love both. So my favorite food would have to be crab cakes. I love, 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 love crab cakes. Favorite dessert? Ice cream. Oh, I love ice cream. Sometimes I have more than I should. I love me some good <laughs> butter ice cream. <laughs> yes. What about your, what's your favorite food? Pizza. Pizza. Oh, yeah. That's number two on my list, by the way. <laughs> yeah. If we gave him pizza all day long, he'd eat it all day long. He'd be happy. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, I know. Well, he, <laughs> yeah. He don't gain a weight of it. He can eat all day long, but he runs it off so much. Yeah. Oh, I need your jeans, man. Pass that on over <laughs> I know here. we all. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Nice meeting you. Yes, I need to. Okay, my wife finally made it in here. Okay. <laughs> now we're the family show. Yeah. Awesome. I got Hi, Hi. Yeah, like you were saying with your wife, she's my rock, you know, and thing, oh. you know, when you know, I went through nineteen years of addictions mm -hmm. and the first five years of our marriage was still in those addictions, but you know, she never put me down, never nagged me, never done none of that. Wow. In fact, she loved me through the mm. addiction. And yeah. I remember sometimes when we tell our story, a lot of times people will mock it and say, oh, she allowed you to walk over her. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Mm. She allowed me to experience God's pure love through her. Love that. I and, love that. And I don't think I would be alive if it weren't for her. And definitely we wouldn't be together if she wasn't that patient oh. back then. Yeah, dude, that sounds like a divine relationship to me. That that is amazing. Now I do kind of credit twenty four seven marriage a little bit to that because I think yeah. if we would have had separate jobs, you know how people can be 
uh, oh, you need to leave him. You need to leave him. Yeah. So mm -hmm. that may have been an influence. So the good thing is we didn't have that. We got through it and now we're living the marriage that we always dreamed of. I love it, man. Fulfilling your purpose. I love it. That is amazing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, if you could co-star with any actor, dead or alive, and you can pick one of each. I'd be fine. Yeah. Too. Who would it be and what kind of role would you want to play with him? Um, one actor I would have to say would be Omari Hardwick. Uh he he's you know was a lead in power. Um, but I really love his work. Um people respect him for who he is, but I think a lot of people overlook the true talent that he actually has, a lot of the choices that he makes. Um that's somebody who I would love to learn from to be able to play across screen with him. I'm always saying he's like the older version of me. Like he's like 10, 15 years older than me. You know, that's why I feel like I will be um, 10 years from now. Um, somebody like that. But also another person would definitely be Viola Davis. Viola oh, Davis could yes. be across mm -hmm. camera with her. She could, I don't care who she is. She'd be a teacher, mom. I, I don't care. Like, <laughs> on the screen with her. Because one thing I love that she does, she like ties in both worlds of theater and film TV like together. You know, she knows how to balance them both. So to have that skill and never be too big or never be too small, you know, but just her wisdom. If you ever listen to any of her interviews, she's full of wisdom, full of knowledge. So I'm sure she's kicking that out on set as well. Uh, it would be great to play across from her. So what's been your most challenging role to play so far? Mm, I would have to say, you got to be thinking back, thinking back. <laughs> the most challenging role would have to be um, the role in my last movie, honestly, uh, uh -huh. The Available Wife. Um, I had to play an executive of a multi-million dollar music label, and I didn't know much about the music at all. So the That's amount of research up. I had to do, yeah, yeah, yes. it is. So the amount of research I had to do. Um, just to know that jargon, to understand that their ways and the, how it flows and run like that really was a challenge because it wasn't something that I can just, oh, let me just be myself. And I, I mean, I was able to be myself, but it was like, there were some things I had to pull from that really uh, helped me get there. Um, but another challenge role would be the waiting room. Um, when I did the waiting room uh, for BET, that was tough because it was dealing with breast cancer and I lost my grandmother to breast cancer. And that oh, one was okay. extremely, extremely tough because for the first time in years, I had to tap into something that I had, you know, kind of pushed away finally, you know, but I had to reopen some of those doors to be able to really see how I authentically felt presently and what I felt like in the past to be able to play that role. That is really awesome. I love that. Um, what would you say is was your most fun role? Hmm. For me, I would say my um, recurring role in Blue Bloods. You know, they bring me back every year, and I love it because my, my scenes are always action. I'm always chasing somebody, shooting yeah. somebody on the run. You know, so those are always fun. But the thing about doing those type of roles is much more time of filming. You know, like I remember one scene I had was literally like one minute long, but it took us literally almost two days to film it. Wow! For one wow. scene because it was so much action and blood and stunts and standings coming in so it was like it was it was a lot of uh uh time but it was definitely worth it for sure so how does that work with the stunts um i'm guessing you had a stunt double type thing how, or if you did your own how did that work for i you? did my own i did my oh, own because wow. i come from an athletic background and i love, I get my, <laughs> right. I love to get my hands dirty a little bit i love it even when you know 
more and more roles come, I'm always going to fight like that. You know, so we look up to actors like Jackie Chan. I mean, I might not go as far as Jackie Chan. I mean, I'm not jumping across buildings, anything like that. But uh, I will say, you know, when it comes to like any sports roles, because I love playing sports, the military roles, top roles, like I, I do not mind me and my own stunt man, you know, to to do what they got to do. Now, when you were going to be your own stunt man, did you? Um did they question that? I mean, I know because I mean, you're, with your background, of course, you would think they wouldn't. But because mm. you know your body's kind of more valuable now as an actor, did they right. question that? Some? Um, not really, because none of the stunts that I had to do was nothing very drastic. Like it was nothing oh. too big. I think the most drastic stunt I had to do was jump out of a helicopter that was already like three <laughs> feet off the ground. So they made yeah, it look like we had air, but it was like. Other than that, it was nothing that was like, you know, could he really injure himself uh, right. doing these stunts, you know? So, I mean, I've been lucky enough so far where, you know, it wasn't nothing too drastic where I had to pass it on to a stunt double, um, but at least been at a place where, you know, I got to enjoy it for myself, you know, but that's a whole nother world. I learned that, you know, the stunt, being a stunt double actor is a whole field within itself. There's some people that's uh. all they do. They live their life being stunt doubles and they do the most dangerous things of all time. And I'm like, it's an art too, especially any type of fight choreography you have to do. Like they are truly dedicated to that craft. Wow. Wow, awesome. <laughs> now last February made the five year anniversary that I asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five mm -hmm. years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask our guests that same question, because the story that the, the answer she gave us back then it's almost to the T of what she's living now as one of the top country music artists out there. Wow. Um, knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? Man, for me, mine filters into life and in my career. You know, um, for one, I want my acting studio to be at a place where when film industries come into town, you know, when they go into Maryland and they, they, they see my studio that's back there, like I want them to know that they're going to get the best crop of actors out there, the best product out of there. But for my own career, I see myself being a series regular uh, on a TV series, hopefully a sports series, because that would be the best situation to happen to be able to play sports and act at the same time. <laughs> like yeah. I think of like Michael B. Jordan on Friday Night Lights, you know, yeah, it happens yeah. Of both worlds. Um, but I actually see that sooner than five years, you know, but um, yeah, that's something that I see myself doing where I'm able to be in a position to, you know, fulfill my dreams that way. Um, but yeah, my family, you know, I don't have kids yet. So hopefully five years from now, I got some, some kids running around. I could throw them on the camera like you just did and say, Ask <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, that, that's where I see myself five years from now. So, um, let's look 15 years down the road. Let's say that you're a success on a grand scale, whatever that looks like for you, you're there. Mm -hmm. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind him? I would say you would have uh, he would have to remind him that for one, the struggle. Oh yeah. You you have to be reminded of the struggle because sometimes you can get to a place where things are going so well that you start coasting and you don't work as hard. But I feel like the higher you go, the more responsibility you have. So I would definitely have him remind him like, look how far you came. Remember those nights when you cried, remember those nights when you had nothing. You know, remember those nights when you wish somebody would just show up and say, let me bless you with something. Like, I want to be that guy that just out of nowhere, you can be in the grocery store, I just want to bless you. You know, so like, that's what I would remind or tell him to do is like, make sure you still bless those uh, uh, who who you could, you know. 
Now, staying on advice, let's say you had a friend of yours and you watched him or her act and they do have something special and they've mm -hmm. maybe done a few commercials and maybe been like a one scene of a show or something. So they're still getting their feet wet of actually mm -hmm. doing it mm -hmm. because of COVID and everything that's going on. And, and the vice is kind of changing as we go because, no, you know, mm -hmm. it's an uncertain time. It is. What advice would you give that specific person if they came to you and said, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life? Well, for one, I would tell him, make sure he's in the market that he wants to grow in, you know, because no longer can you be outside of New York or L.A., um, you know, unless you're hiding and no one knows where you live. You know what I'm saying? And successfully be able to like get those roles. Cause now the cast and calls are saying, no, you gotta be here because of the quarantine and everything. Um, but that's one thing I would say. But number two is like make sure you have a balanced life. You know, mm -hmm. yes, you want to put your craft and you want to build on that, but you gotta make sure you can afford your headshots, afford your acting classes, afford to get to the auditions. You know, I know what it was like when I couldn't, you know, get to an audition because of finances. You know, so I would definitely tell him to for one, stay the course. It's only the beginning, but two. Make sure you focus on that balanced life because trust me, that's going to take you very far when you focus on that. Love mm -hmm. that. Now you got yes. a couple questions, right? Uh, yeah, I, I could throw in mine. So, oh if you could go on vacation anywhere in the world, where would you want to go? Uh, I want to go. Me and my wife are going back and forth about this, but I want to go back to Mexico, Rivera Maya. We went there two years ago, uh, and we had the best time of our lives. I mean, we travel a lot out the country. But that was the one place, mainly because of the excursions. Like, I love that I got to see one of the seven wonders of the world. You know, I love that I got to go on certain excursions when you got to go on certain rides and everything to get to go to the country. Uh, but I would definitely want to go back to Rivera Maya. Uh, yes. And what do you want your legacy to be with your acting work? What do you want to be known for as an actor? I want people to always see me as somebody who wasn't selfish, somebody who always, always cared about other who always gave you know when you hear the mckinnon name you know that's what my family is all about it's all about that they gave they don't only focused on themselves but they gave and they was focused on fulfilling their purpose love that and as antoine yeah. said that's about that's it a balanced yes. life yeah <laughs> yeah and that's probably why we live the way we do you know because mm -hmm. we know that you you can work and all that and it's tough yeah. We want to have that balanced marriage. And we for do. us, this is the only way we know that to balance it because we're doing so many things. Right, <laughs> and so right. just do them together. Right. <laughs> exactly. And I love it. I mean, you your marriage inspires mine just from the little I do see and know like that. That is amazing to be able to do this together, to be able to, you know, laugh together and see it because you don't see that all the time these days, you know. So um, I just encourage you both as well to keep just keep 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 going, keep going. Know that you are inspiring more people than you probably realize. We hope so, because you know that's so. been our biggest thing. Is you know God has. I have no doubt that God brought her into me to save me. I mean, because again, mm -hmm. all the addictions through the years, she, right. she was the only person I believe that could have softened my heart enough for me to finally listen to God. Right, and 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 that. And when he healed me 13 years ago, in fact, December 26 was 13 years sober now. Mm -hmm. um, I never imagined where we could be 13 years later and doing something like this. I, mean, I could have yeah, never, never imagined it there. That's yeah. for sure. And it, that reminds me of a time I remember uh, years ago, my wife, she uh, brought me to Haggai uh, chapter one and two in the Bible. 
where it talks about rebuilding your temple. And this was at a place where I was broken, I was at a low, and it talks about rebuilding your temple. A lot of times, you know, we we, we glorify the material things, the things we have, but inside we're broken. And so when yeah. she brought me to that scripture that, you know, because Chris asked me one of those questions earlier, you know, that mm -hmm. was another thing right then. I was like, yo, well, she's serious. She can pray, she know the word, you know, uh -huh. but she's, you know, she's beautiful. But at the same time, you need that person who can have that word of God and the spirit of God in them. And, you know, you're talking about broken. We're actually writing a book called Broken Together. And Not because yet. we realize that when two people marry, they're both broken already. Just at different mm -hmm. levels. They might not be mm -hmm. like dead broken down, down on the ground, but they're still broken. Right. And what we have seen when you watch couples, especially couples that fight a lot, in most cases, they're not fighting about their current circumstances. Mm -hmm. They're fighting from their past pain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that. So, so like we, we heard a couple that, that told us a story about how um, he dropped a spaghetti and they had a big fight over that. Yes. And, you know, <clears throat> it was never about the spaghetti. It was about right. the from the past. Yeah. Right. It's always going to be, yeah, it's always that. And I've, I've experienced that and I've, I've been on both ends of the sticks of that, you know, so I definitely can agree to that for sure, where a lot of times we're still trying to recover from something that happened in our childhood or something that happened in our past or like the first offense that the person's done, you know, so I mm -hmm. definitely can agree to that. Yeah, because I always kind of post about every few months or every month on Facebook. I always try to post, say, um, don't bleed all over your spouse from wounds your ex cut. Mm. Oh, that's deep. Oh, that's <laughs> deep. That's the right there. Because <laughs> that's usually what happens. You know, you, you get married or you get in a new relationship and it's going great. And you've got these wo deep wounds from your ex. So you got this wall up. So all of a sudden, your new partner, you new marriage or whatever, says something that reminds you of that person. And you mm. just snap. So now you're making them bleed for something your ex did. Wow. Yeah, that's deep. You know, one of the things we also matured from was the unspoken expectations. You know, a lot wow. of times we, we set these expectations in our mind, but never communicated that to the person. So when they don't do it, now you're upset. Now you're mad. And I fell into that trap. And then I finally realized, you know, we got to say to my mentor, no, this is where communication comes in. Communication is just when you're home and not home. Communication is also these things that you might expect because you may be able to talk about it and you realize, OK, I can't expect her to do that. You know, whether yeah. she yeah. has the ability to do it or whether that may not be her area to do, you know. And so once we finally had that nice, honest conversation about, all right, what is our expectations? Should we go that way? Should we not? It matured us so much as well in our marriage. Yeah, because you got to ask yourself, is what is what you want them to do? Is it the right way or is it your preference? Because mm. a lot of times people expect other people to, to do things that are their preference. And that's yeah. where arguments happen. Yeah, man, I love it, man. I can't wait to see y'all book, man. That's gonna be a great read. I can already tell. Already <laughs> well, we appreciate that, we and we don't want to take up too much of your time. So, right. you want to tell everybody any final words, including how they can reach out yes, to you and stuff? Please do. Absolutely. Uh, for one, pray. Uh, there's power in prayer. You know, whatever you're oh, going through, you gotta pray. Mm -hmm. But not only pray, but believe. Because if you pray without believing, if you have faith without the works, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's yes. not gonna work. You know, so I just want to encourage everybody, everybody out there, if you haven't prayed in a while, make sure you authentically pray and listen to what God has to say to you. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, everyone can keep in touch with me on Instagram at the Mark McKinnon. Uh, my website is themarkmckinnon.com. They can keep in touch with me there as well as Facebook. 
Um, I'm really good at getting back to people. So if you want to reach okay. out, please do. And I, and I love responding back. My wife been getting on me about that because she's a social media okay. expert. Mm -hmm. Like that's what she does for a living. So she's like, oh, wow. you have any of these things on social media? You got to post at this time. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's just like speaking of that. That's like, you know, we try to communicate with a lot of different churches. And in Jacksonville, one of the churches, you know, that we go to, if if you contact them through social media, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a matter of an hour. They contact mm -hmm. you. Almost every other church we've ever communicate with, big it's or small, yeah. and it's like right. days and a week. And, you're, and, and sometimes I'll answer you back and we're like, Okay, what did I ask? <laughs> right, exactly. You don't remember, yeah. And that's what I mean, because churches are starting to realize the power of social media too. So they're starting to hire yeah. someone to actually be over social media. Whereas before it was like, that was somebody's like fifth or sixth, you know, assignment within their main job, you know? So it was like, right, you know, right. a wayside. But now they're like, no, especially now during the pandemic, your online presence, your your YouTube, your, your, your Instagram lives, all that got to be on point if you want to reach yep. an audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we, you know, we're, the church we'll be going to in in Jacksonville is called the Church of Eleven Twenty Two, and it's called Eleven Twenty Two because they they have Eleven Twenty Two service. They kind of to be wow. different instead of being eleven o'clock, they made Eleven Twenty Two, and they always call it Eleven Twenty Two. Yeah, wow. And and even through all this, you know, of course they're back open, and they got a they just built this year a three thousand seat building. Nice, um, congrats. And awesome. so even through all this, they're still growing as a church, and mm. we listen to their vision the other the other day and I'm, I'm sitting there like my god churches need to learn from them because they're they still go, got all their ducks in a row. now granted florida's not closed so right you know, yeah, that, that, kinda, that does man. help mm -hmm. <laughs> absolutely that's amazing man and i can't you know i know you guys are gonna have a good time down there in florida you know and that new building and everything so that, that's that's amazing that's awesome so, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the we show did. today. And we yeah. definitely look forward to having you back down the road. No, I do appreciate you both. It's truly an honor to be able to sit and talk with you both and just get to learn more about you. And thank y'all for having me on your show. Oh, we thanks so it. much.